Van Selected. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Hello. Welcome to the end of March. Can't believe the time's flying so fast, but you are listening to Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Quad Father and All Things Inspirational. This is the Inspiration Station, and I appreciate your time. I hope you're having a great start of the week. And today's hump day, which is always good because we know the rest of the week is us to the weekend which I know we all enjoy. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. As, as you well know, we like to start with the quote. And the quote goes like this. People often say that motivation doesn't last. And they are correct. Well, neither bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. You have to motivate yourself daily. You have to inspire yourself. You have to keep yourself driven, which is not always an easy task. Uh, life is complicated. It's often complicated. I think it's slightly more complicated because of technology and it's thrown at us so often. So I believe you do need to take time to step away and make sure you're still on that path. Make sure you you have plans to keep yourself motivated and inspired and continue to look at what we're trying to accomplish in life. So I want to share with you a little story about a fig tree which does have a moral. And uh, I, I find some of these short stories interesting because they, they do relate so much to life and I believe all of our lives at some point. So there was a gentleman sitting in a beautiful garden and there were several fig trees there and each one was more beautiful than the other. And from the tip of the branch, you could see this purple fruit, just wonderful and, and just calling his name, and as he sat back, he wondered, you know, wow, that tree with the branch reminds me part of my life, and that tree has beautiful fruit, and that tree and that branch reminds me of my work and the happiness that working hard brings to me and the fact that you know, at the end, like at the end where the fig is, I will reach kind of my goal in my profession. And he looks at the other fig tree and he sees it and he realizes this one reminds me of how happy I am as a husband and blessed to have a wonderful wife and kids. And this is really where I want to be. And both of them just were really calling to him. And he found himself just sitting there for days on end, then for months on end, and realized he was starving because he couldn't make up his mind which fig to choose. And both both trees were beautiful. Both trees were awesome. And he wanted each one, but he felt that if he chooses one, he'll lose what's on the other tree. And he sat there unable to decide and eventually the fig started to wrinkle 
and go black, and one by one they plop to the ground at his feet. And what's the moral of the story? The moral is action. Action is always key. There's no right or wrong always. Sometimes when you're choosing between two positive routes or two positive outcomes, waiting too long, waiting too long and, the dis- and the decision will be made for you. And ultimately, we want to make those decisions for ourselves. And waiting too long, not taking action, often causes us to have the decision made for us. And it may not be that decision that you really wanted. So take action. Years ago, I had a, in my career in corporate, I had an amazing president that walked into a room of new managers and said, we know we don't know always which way to go, but do something. At least if you do something, you will rule out whether that action was right or wrong. If you do nothing, you've learned nothing. If you do something and it's right, well, then you've moved ahead. If you've done something and it's wrong, you've at least learned that wasn't right. So in our lives, I believe you have to do something. I'm not necessarily advocating for, you know, doing, make a decision first and ask for forgiveness later, which is a common thing for many people. I'm just recommending that life is short and we don't know under, we don't know and we don't understand how precious it is. And as we get older, we do start to realize this, unfortunately, because we start to see our loved ones and friends pass. And in that passing, it becomes such an awakening to how wonderful life was and maybe we didn't appreciate it. So take some time every day to really show gratitude, take gratitude, and understand just how beautiful it is, this gratitude that we've been given so many things. Even as a C5, C6 quadriplegic, man, I get up every day and I'm so blessed to be able to do things, to have this radio show, to hear from one of my kids who calls and just wants to talk about something to go for a walk after dinner with my wife and get some exercise in and walk through the park or see some neighbors and enjoy their time together. So I advocate doing something, appreciate what you have around you, enjoy those moments. They're so key. And I know we're all getting antsy as our weather changes uh, with the beautiful days. We, I love getting out and I hope you're getting out and enjoying them. You deserve to get out. You deserve to enjoy them. And even on the days that aren't so beautiful, you deserve to enjoy them in some way, shape, or form. So please take that action to enjoy them. I've got to talk about one of our sponsors, CD and Me. It is an awesome location in Frankfurt. They have so much going on from doing pianos to comedians to great bands. Take time if you're looking for something to do on a Thursday night or a lot of times Friday or Saturday, they're a great location to go to. They have a wonderful inside uh, spot where they used to brew their own different whiskeys, uh, and they have a beautiful outside 
fed up with amazing gardens, beautiful fireplaces, and uh, just a, a way to get out and enjoy yourself. And not that I just want to talk about them, but uh, they've been a big part of our nonprofit store and supportive. And our nonprofit is always looking for support. Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation, which is a 501 nonprofit. We help people with disabilities. And if you work for or own a small company and are looking for someone to give grants to at the end of the year or give to, uh, SOAR is always looking to collaborate and that's how we're able to give and donate so much time and mostly equipment to help people get out and do the things that they couldn't do before and things that insurance won't pay for. So uh, keep SOAR in mind. You can check them out at SOAR, S-O-A-R, nonprofit.com. And what we're going to do next is we're going to hear a little bit from our other sponsors. And we come back, we're going to talk to an amazing guest that, uh, is not just a from a business standpoint and an entrepreneurial standpoint. And we talk a lot about success in business. Success starts with you. And this gentleman also has taken his passion and run it to an extreme level, which you'll get to hear about. But first, a word from our sponsors. E.com. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Uh, welcome you, and thanks again for being part of our amazing audience. I want to welcome our special guest all the way from Wisconsin, Joe Sadler. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, thanks Brian, and I, I appreciate uh, having the time to talk to you. Uh, Hopefully, a few things that uh, we talk about here can give somebody some inspiration and, and a little extra motivation to get things done. But I will tell you just one thing about your, your hoster. There's probably not a more inspirational and motivational person that you find in this country. Uh, Brian has done some great things over the years, and definitely take his advice whenever you can. Joe, thank you for the kind words. Uh, believe me, I didn't. I didn't plan for that to happen, but uh, I, 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 pre- I appreciate your your kindness and in your words. And I uh, feel the same way about you. You you've led not an easy life by any stretch, um, but an inspired life, and in so many ways. And there's two ways I want to talk about it. I mean, not not only do I believe you're you've been a successful father with three amazing kids and, and a wife. And, and married for over 30 years, which these days is beating all the statistics out there. But you've been successful as a businessman in, in numerous endeavors uh, because of your hard work, uh, because of your passion, because of your beliefs, because of your faith. And at one point, you decided to get, get out of corporate life, being working for somebody in one of your fields, and you took a huge risk. You took a risk and you stepped away from your success and tell us about starting the company that you started years ago. So, yeah, uh, 
you know, I, I started a company back in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, it was kind of a, a, uh, work of, of passion on my part. Uh, those, those of you who don't know me, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, one of my passions has been to try to find, uh, a good use for garbage. And that may, that may sound a little bit funny. Um, it was a lot stranger back in the seventies and eighties when I was, uh, out recycling things when most people were, were throwing away as much as they could and, and didn't have a lot of, uh, thoughts of, of what to do with the, with the old milk jug or the old newspaper that you used. So it's been kind of a, a work of passion from the time I was actually a young kid. And uh, a lot of that was driven honestly by, uh, by my upbringing. Um, I had a, uh, as, as Brian kind of did to not, not the, uh, most, uh, pampered life, if you want to call it. Uh, my, my family had taken in several, uh, relatives and in some cases strangers over the years and quite honestly our funds were were very very meager to say the least um i started my uh my career playing uh, playing hockey with a, a girl's figure skates painted black because we just couldn't afford to do that so i walked on the ice my first uh hockey practice in high school with girls figure skates but I never felt like um, really, you know, depressed or like I should have had more or whatever. Man, we had we had love, we had togetherness, uh, we had, you know, we had we had barely enough to eat, but we had enough to eat every day, and never felt depressed by it. But one of the things I found in my uh, younger days is that people threw away a lot of cool stuff, and. Uh, that literally was the motivation for me to start a company named Ecotech. Uh, went through, as Brian had alluded to, some uh, some corporate uh, corporate work with with various companies, a couple of Fortune 500 companies, and then a smaller company. And over that time frame, I developed a, a process where we would be able to take recycled plastic, milk jugs, detergent bottles, things like that and extrude all that into plastic lumber. Uh, right now, one of the products you can see that, that uh, is a direct result of, of my work over the years is at uh, Menards uh, called the Best Plastic Line. And, and not to cut you off, but what, what drives you to leave there's some comforts in, in working for a big company. Um, and, and there's some, you know, there's pros and cons, but there's a lot of comforts. So what drives you to take this risk? Was it really your, just your passion of, of, and, and you have for, for years, you, you took stuff and you recycled it and you repurposed it and you made lots of money doing it as a man, but now you're doing it with, with kids and, and, and a wife and bills. And what dri- what else drives you to take this kind of risk? Well, I think the the, the main reason that we took that risk, and uh, let me tell you right off the bat, my wife was instrumental in doing this and being supportive, and you know, literally working very hard right alongside me for t- over twenty five years to make this happen. But it it was literally a drive to put 
myself and my family on a better footing than I had when I was growing up uh, to, to allow us to do things. Uh, I, I talk about my passion for recycling. I also have a, a very, very strong passion for, uh, for God and, and giving things back and for uh, helping younger people develop the skills to support themselves, to be able to rise themselves up above their current standard of living and, and, and make something more of themselves than they would have working for someone else. So it was really just the drive to, to number one, make my, my family and, and my life better, but also to bring up all the people around me. And, you know, over the years we had over 25 people working for us for over 25 years uh, those very same people. Uh, and, and that's almost unheard of in, in today's world because we took care of people and everyone that worked for me was, was very well taken care of both financially and otherwise. Because you, you went and opened a plant in a, a, you, you took it from Illinois and you moved to Wisconsin because of certain economic factors would benefit the company, which in turn you didn't pocket you went to an area where people weren't making the kind of money that you were paying them. And you took it, you brought this company to an area of Wisconsin and offered opportunities that these people have not been a part of probably their whole lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, we, we could have made a lot more money over the years. Um, our goal from day one was to make, uh, make our product not only a benefit for us personally, but for everyone around us. We very, uh, very soon after starting up the company had given offers by several Chinese companies to make all of our product in China and actually import it to the United States and we could still market it and sell it and do all those things. And I pointed, told them no. And over the years we actually had several offers to sell the company to people who would then have done a very similar thing. And, and I told them, no, uh, you know, I, I've That's always cool. felt that when you, when you, uh, when you take care of the people around you, when you take care of your country, your fellow citizens and, and make that your, one of your top priorities that you will be successful and you will, uh, you know, be able to, 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 to better, again, not just yourself, but everyone around you and the country as a whole. And, and let's, let's be honest, this just wasn't this happy you start and just go on this upward drive for 25 years. You had lots of bumps. Even at one time, I know, I believe, you know, the market went crazy or, you know, we all see customers that don't uh, follow through on their commitments and pay and took your company into a downward spiral. And, and you put your, you, you put your mortgage, your, your life, your family, your house, everything, believing that you could get through this, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was right after nine 11. Uh, many of the companies we were dealing with, uh, we're, we're barely hanging on and they were stretching out our terms, but most, uh, most devastating 
was two of our largest customers filed for bankruptcy. Uh, that at the time was, was over a million dollar hit to our bottom line. And we weren't making that much money over the course of, of, of a year. So it literally put us into a tailspin where after a, a very, very uh, tough almost two years, uh, we, we ended up ourselves filing for bankruptcy. And in the process of doing that, even though uh, the bankruptcy courts allowed us to pay back only a portion, that was the bankruptcy agreement, we ended up paying back uh, 100% to almost all of the people that we worked with, uh, with, with a couple of minor exceptions, because they just they wanted blood and they wanted it at the time. Uh, but we ended, that, that's a, ended up coming through all that and honestly ended up uh, a much stronger company at the back end because the people that we had worked with, our vendors, our suppliers, at that point knew the that 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 we were not someone that we're just going to take advantage of them and walk away and say, oh, yeah, well, some bad things happened, so see you later, bye. We, uh, we literally took it, took it upon ourselves and literally put our payrolls on our credit cards and mortgaged our house, sold, actually sold our house, sold a couple of the cars, uh, moved into an apartment with, with myself and, and my wife and three children to, to get back on our feet. And, and it was, it was very, very hard. Uh, I was also at the working at Domino's pizza after working eight, 10, 12 hour days, uh, working at Domino's pizza just to allow us to eat because at the time it was very hard to even afford groceries. So because you had built such a strong foundation of a company, even though, circumstance outside of your control, like 9-11, which, you know, God help you never see again, devastated a lot of companies. You did, you only didn't let it devastate you because one, you didn't quit. You kept on going and you came back, as you said, even stronger because of the relationship you built, because of the integrity of paying people, not just what the quartered, but you went beyond that because of your character and, and, you know, the character that you built around your teams, not just in your family, but in, in the workplace, what kept you going? Why didn't you quit? Why, you know, what kept you going? I think that's what well, people I, want to understand. How do you keep going? Yeah. I mean, I think that the main thing that kept us going and, and I include my wife in this as well, because she was, she was, has been, and always will be, uh, you know, a partner in, in everything that I do. Um, honestly, the, 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 the reasons I could give you were, were more than, uh, than the world type of type of, you know, go get them type things. It was literally God had a plan for us. And during our, during our initial stages of looking at this, uh, at, at trying to, to start up a business like this and throughout our entire existence as a business, it's always been, you know, that God, you know, God was on my shoulder. God was the co-pilot. Uh, matter of fact, I've said to many people over the years, I wish I was as smart as God has made me look because quite honestly, uh, you know, he knows m much more about what's going on right now in your life. What's 
going on in the past, what's going to be happening in the future, then you'll ever know. And he can guide you through all of those, you know, the, the slings and arrows they talk about in the Bible. Man, there was a lot of them thrown at us. And, uh, you know, for the most part, we rarely got hit by them. When we got hit by them, there was an open door, which opened up even a better possibility in the future. And, you know, I could say, honestly, I, I am very, very successful because God has made me such. And, you know, you have to be open to his leadings. You have to be open to, to uh, you know, what what he is going to lead you into. And sometimes what he's leading into might not always be what you think you should be doing or where you should be going, but you have to have to listen hard. You have to pray. You have to rely on every instinct that you have and God to, to, that to takes, really. Oh, but that takes a lot of faith. Um, oh yeah. Just to put everything in his hands, which trust me, I, I do understand um, and as you all know, you know, at the age of 17, when you break your neck, there's not a lot of answers to the whys. There's definitely less answers to what's in front of you. Um, and I was blessed with parents that uh, just had me rely, rely on that this is God's plan and that things will work out. And um, I, I couldn't be more blessed, much like you feel, that my life has gone in the direction that it has and I've been blessed with amazing friends, amazing family, um, and and I don't put it in that direction, but uh, or, or in that order, as you know, my mantra it is about faith, family, and friends, and with those leaning on those three things: amazing wife, great kids, friends, family. Um, I've been blessed to be able to do many things, and I believe a lot of people. Our listeners out there have been blessed, and there's a lot of blessings to go around, but you had just a ton of faith. Yes. Well, and, and you always have to be grateful for what you have. I mean, there's there's never a point where I, I think any human is ever completely satisfied with everything that you have or with everything that you've done. There's always things you look back and say, oh, wow, had I done it this way, had I invested in that, had I you know, uh, done this or this, it would have been much better for me. And, and yes, it's always good to reflect on what you should have done and also reflect on, on the future. But if you're grateful and happy with where you are today, and I'm not saying that you have to always be satisfied with where you are, but you have to be happy and grateful that you, you are, you are able to get up every day and, uh, you know, your eyes open and, and you probably have food on your table and, and uh, you know, a car to sit in and drive away uh, wherever you want to go and you're not being dictated or bombs dropped on your head. Uh, you know, you have a lot to be thankful for. That doesn't mean to be complacent, though. You have to always strive for more. And, and if you want to be successful... You have to have hard work. You have to have tenacity. You have to have all of those things that, uh, you know, that the motivational speakers talk about. But you also have to be humble and you have to be happy in your current situation because if you're not happy where you are now, 
you'll never be happy when you get somewhere else. And you could easily look at, at guys, guys like the, like the guy who owns Amazon or the guy that, that owns Walmart now, uh, they're never happy. They are never happy and they never will be happy. And unfortunately it's because they aren't satisfied and they aren't grateful for what they already have. Well, I, I agree. And, and gratitude is something I, I actually, I started the show talking about uh, gratitude and the place it has in our lives. And I, you know, I think I, I like to think it's not just because as we get older, we see it. It was something that I remember my parents talking about, and I'm sure yours did, being grateful for what you have. Just be grateful for what you have. And we always were. I mean, we came from blue, very blue-collar. Um, um, I believe you were probably first-generation college. I was first-generation college. Our, our parents were just hardworking, um, very hardworking, loving, in, in their generation type of way. So that's awesome. And, and before, you know, not that I want to leave this subject, but there's another whole crazy subject I, I, I have to talk about because it's, it's so unique and it, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. I, I'm trying to think of the right words to put on it. Um, maybe bordering on, you know, not crazy, but. Uh, Psychotic. Yeah, uh, man, there's, it, it's, it's tough to put a word on it. So, you grew up very in a very athletic environment. You were very athletic. You were very successful. You played, you know, hockey. You played baseball. You played football through grammar school, through, through high school, and you went to a very competitive uh, high school in uh, a Catholic league it, to play in. There is not an easy place to play in, and very competitive. And then you went on and played football in college, and uh, was successful at that. But you get out of college, you get a job, you get married, you have kids, you decide somewhere in your thirties, I believe that you want to go try to semi pro pro football, which is not something the average person does in their thirties and not to take the thunder away, but it wasn't just in your thirties. You played in your late thirties, you played in forties and Maybe my, I don't know if my, my math is correct, but you also played into your 50s. Am yeah, I, I actually retired retired playing uh, AAA semi-pro football uh, in, uh, what the heck was it, 2015. So that made me 53 years old, 54, going on 54 years old when I actually played my last game. Um, you're 53, you're 53, and that's your last year. Help me understand how a, and I know you put in tons of hours uh, building your extremely successful plastic lumber company, but at what point do you break this news to your wife? How does she not hit you over the head? And when you decide in your thirties that you're going to go play tackle football in an extremely high level, and I know you loved it. I also know you were extremely good at it. But I also know the body can only take so much, and, and obviously your mind has got to be sharper than anything. But, okay, let's, let's talk about it. You played tackle football at a semi-pro level for close to 15 years through your 30s and your 40s and your 50s. How does, 
How do you sell this to your wife? What what convinces you to do this? I'm still not sure if I've actually sold it to my wife, but she did tolerate me. <laughs> um, you know, over over the years, to, to answer your question, um, working hard, uh, that, that old adage of working hard, playing hard, kind of comes to mind. Um, I have always had a, a passion to play football. I've always had a passion in sports in general. Um, during that same time period, I also got my black belt in Taekwondo. So I was, I was, uh, also, also, uh, doing martial arts and it just, I needed some outlet for my, uh, and I don't want to say, uh, frustration, but just an outlet for my, my activities outside of work, uh, that was probably one of the biggest driving forces. I needed kind of a, a life balance between the work and something else. And because that something else was, uh, you know, as some people would put it today, a very violent sport. Um, it really did balance very well with the, the, the passion and the effort would put across every day at work. And, you know, when you, again, I've said this a couple times now, I've, I've been, you know, listening to God over the entire, my entire life and his leadings. And I needed something in my life to kind of help, like I said, balance that hard work and work effort. And my wife, uh, though not always appreciated the fact that I was gone quite a bit, uh, she did understand it. And she's been my rock, you know, through all of this. But it was really, it was, like I said, more, more of a balance, a balancing act. And then one other, other little issue is uh, I always wanted to be successful at football. Um, I had an opportunity right out of college to actually uh, play in, in, the, uh, in the professional leagues. I ended up blowing out my ankle uh, about two-thirds of the way through the season my senior year. And USFL, which is which is what was uh, what was interested in, in talking to me and working with me, uh, ended up folding as I got uh, as I got healthy enough to go into the uh, into the tryouts that we were we were set up for. So it it kind of kind of was always one of those things that was lacking a little bit in my in my head. I always felt I could make it there. I should have made it there, and you know, it didn't happen for me, but I always felt a little bit you know, cheated by it and, and God opened up a door for me to allow me to, to reach a pretty high level in, uh, in semi-professional football, um, which, which did satisfy kind of a little bit of a yearning that I had. Um, I was able to, uh, to play in, in several of the all pro games that, that the, uh, AAA football has and uh it was blessed to be to be named in uh every year besides one that I played into the uh into the league's all stars. So I spent, you know, a, a lot of time like I said, trying just to just to balance my life a little bit. And I, I thank God I had that kind of an outlet because a lot of times people don't have an outlet that is 
good and wholesome. You know, football is something that, you know, you can, you can walk home and, and tell your wife about what happened or what didn't happen or tell your kids and not be embarrassed. A lot of times people find outlets, whether it's drinking or whether it's, uh, you know, illicit affairs and things. And not only is that detrimental to your yourself and, and your own psyche, but it just destroys everyone around you. So again, I was I was blessed that I had the opportunity to do something like that, and you know, and, and I would encourage anyone who feels a little bit overwhelmed by work to find something, especially something physical, to do to kind of balance that work and that play. Well, it, and I agree with you. There's, I mean, I, I know some friends who play in an over 40 basketball league, and I have a, a gentleman that I coached 30 years ago at St. Lawrence that plays competitive baseball. It's fast pitch league. It's, um, it, it, it is every bit of big time baseball. And, uh, there's a lot of guys in their twenties, thirties, forties playing. So I agree with following those passions and, and he loves baseball. It's been a part of his life. It's been part of his son's and daughter's life, but football is such a grueling sport. How did you keep your body? I mean, it, it get to, I mean, to get up and go to take the blows and so what, what position did you play? And then what did you do to just keep physically going or mentally going? Um, can you talk to those three things? Sure. So uh, I, I played fullback uh, for for basically all the years I played football from college on. I was always one of the one of the harder hitting players. Uh, my my final season playing in AAA, I actually broke five helmets on other players. So uh, so you know I was I was still hitting pretty hard even even my last season. And surprisingly enough, the owner of the team came up to me and said, if you play another season, you need to buy your own equipment. Uh, so that was, I don't uh, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, he, he was a great guy and, and I appreciate the heck out of him. Um, you know, but overall the, the way I kept myself healthy was, was quite honestly, I, I did work very hard. I, during the offseason, would work at least uh, a couple hours per day with weights. Um, during, the, uh, during the season, it was only one hour after practice. And again, my wife is a saint for allowing me to do all these things and, and you know, not, not be as much time with her as, as, as I could have or should have been, maybe. Um, I also, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago about taekwondo, Honestly, the Taekwondo brought me to a level where I, I expected about five or 10 years prior to finishing up my, my football career, uh, just being done because I could barely walk up and down the stairs. I was blessed that I never had any serious knee injuries, any serious back injuries, anything like that. But just as you said, told the, 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 the pounding every day and every play, um, and I was I was a stutter every season I played, so uh, you know it wasn't like I was sitting on the bench watching everybody play. Um, I was I was in usually 
about 60% of the game because I also played on three of the, quote, suicide squads, but kickoff, kick return, and, and punt. Uh, and that, that abuse did did take its toll. Um, then I, I actually met uh, my sensei that, that ultimately trained me, and the taekwondo was a godsend, and, and that's the only way I can describe it. Um, it's it's a process where you do work different muscles than necessarily you would use playing football. Uh, you work a lot of your core muscles, and you work more stretching than you actually do physical strikes, and and it's the way you would in football. And that that whole process of of going through to get my black belt helped my body heal and helped me build up stronger everything about my body, including getting a lot more flexibility. I had more flexibility and I actually still do to this day have more flexibility than I did in college. So I can, I can actually reach down touch my toes. I can, I can uh, basically sit in a yoga position. I can, I can take my leg and really lift it up above my head if I need to. I don't always do that, but I, but I have the ability to, um, I so recommend I mean, that. that was, <laughs> but it was it was something that you know it 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 was a godsend. Um, it and, and it does come down to you know there's there's always a lot of hard work that goes into playing or doing anything. Um, you have to have the tenacity to stick with it. There were days when you know my body hurt, and and I can guarantee you the ways that people, including my wife, said. Why don't you stop now? Um, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't until I felt felt prepared, ready to. And you know, well, I could thank. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's a, it's an amazing story, and it, I was going to say, you know, if you have to, if you wanted to leave the listeners with two or three great points of what's got you through it all what three things would you tell them? I think that the main things I I would give them is if you want to be successful and it doesn't matter what success find to you is number one, always remember that, that God is smarter than you and that you are, are his vessel. And at the end of the day, letting him lead you, letting him bring you to a, to a point where, where you can be the best you can be, it's it's always best to have have him on your side, but always be humble about it. The uh, the other two things I would leave you with is tenacity. Never give up. You've never lost uh, anything in life if you haven't given up on it. You may lose a game, you may lose a job, you may lose a business, you may you know even lose a family member or, or, you know, any number of things can occur, but they can't take it away from you. You don't, don't give it up and you can always come back and then just hard work. I can guarantee you that, you know, everyone in the world say this to you. Hard work is, is the way to be successful. It is certainly one of the pillars, but hard work without, tenacity without believing in, in something bigger than you 
is not going to cut it. You have to have at least those three. And then just one other thing I would say is always thank others around you. No matter what you've done, no matter how great of a person you are, there's a hundred people behind you, around you, and in front of you that have helped you get there. And it's always, always better to be humble about it and make sure that everyone around you is helpful, um, is, is, is been thanked, because they're going to be more helpful for you going forward. And always keep, keep short accounts. There are many people over the years that have, have if you want to call it, done, done me wrong. Um, hatred's the, the best thing in the world to, to just destroy everything that you have and you hold dear. You know, there's always that adage that says, you go for revenge, dig two graves. Uh, that's really true. Vengeance and hatred will eat you alive. So keep short accounts. Tell people when you have a problem with something that they've done and whether they accept it or they don't, just leave it. Leave it there and let God sort it out. Awesome. Awesome, Joe. Thank you so much. Listen, I appreciate your time. It's been great. I I love uh, the insights and wisdom. You've uh, succeeded at so many levels. I know you're not finished by any stretch, and I know we could talk about so many other things. And maybe we'll do that on another show. But I've got to squeeze in a little word from my sponsors and uh, certain things. So, listen, you have a blessed day. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for sharing your insights. And we will have you on again. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And God bless everybody. Take care. Well, I hope you I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, he's a definitely an inspirational man, uh, a character, to say the least, with what he's accomplished and what he's done. I'd like to also thank sponsors. And before I leave today, we're going to end it with a word from our sponsors. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, we have some great sponsors and a word from our sponsors. And I will be, I will be done. And I look forward to next week. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to mail them to bswift6262 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you're looking to sponsor the show, you can email the same address. Otherwise, a word from our sponsors, and you guys have a great day.